Hey guys, it's Tim Gillette back with another Tim Gillette show. And uh, I've been enjoying doing these. I know I'm on goal. I'm going to hit 100 interviews in 30 days. And uh, I'm honored today because today is, I call this my super interview of the day. This is someone who I've only known by Facebook. I don't know him personally. I hope I'm going to get to know him a little bit more personally. But also, I mean, his book is just one of those books that has, has touched me. And I've got finally get the chance to talk to him on screen and interview him. Uh, and I've always thought that this gentleman has had one of the most distinctive voices in the speaking world. Uh, and it's interesting that he talks about distinction. But anyway, I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, I've known Scott Facebook. Uh, Facebook, we've been friends. I don't know how many years. Maybe he can remember. I don't. Uh, but I do know him from, uh, you know, things that I've watched with both Larry Wingett and uh, Randy and uh, I'm trying to think who else. I'm not think Bob Berg's involved with that at all, but I'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll tell me. That's all the people I've watched him through. But Scott McCain uh, has got a history that I want to find out about. So let's bring him on camera and find out all about this guy. Hey, Scott. Hey, Tim, guys, you know, it's so funny. I, I feel like I know you. And I, as I was, you know, reading and preparing here and, and all that, it, it really struck me that we've never met in person. No. <laughs> and I, I, don't re I don't remember when we became Facebook friends because I don't remember when we we're not yeah. <laughs> friends on Facebook, right? And, so. and it's funny because like, I mean, I remember the day I was walking through the airport one day in a rush and I seen your book and I'm like, Oh my God, I know that guy. And I stopped <laughs> and take a picture of the book and tag you. Thank and you. I'm like, Thank yeah, you. I know this guy. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, we've never met in person. <laughs> well, hopefully after all this current, situation ends we can we can resolve that at some time in the future i hope so. again I, I you know i look forward to um to sharing stages with speakers you know what i mean and and some of the best things i love about it is is finding the iconic speakers and you know i know zig personally and just being wow. able to find people who are leaders in the industry i mean you you've been in it a few years more than me i'd be able to sit backstage with them just for a minute if it's not like take my notepad out and go, well, Scott, one's one thing you can tell me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff I love. Yeah. But. And, and, and I had a moment like that with Zig early in my career. And, and, uh, while, while I certainly wouldn't claim that, you know, I wasn't on his speed dial yeah. <laughs> by a long shot. What, what a generous, you know, it, it really set a stage for me in my career as well, Tim, that, uh, when, when you see the person at the pinnacle of the profession, mm -hmm. uh, being that generous and that nice and that, giving um it, it it really suggests to me that all of us need to be there yeah it and, and I, don't, I don't know if you know my story but like me it was i used to wash his car i did not know that i mean i knew that you knew him well i was aware that you know there was history there but i, I did not know you know the yeah, the, yeah. how it all started oh my gosh i, didn't I met him that. at church and i what? got you <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's I, I mean it's it's like and he told me to be a speaker and i looked at him and went me Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So cool. That is so cool. He touched yeah. so many of us. Yeah, you bet. He did. He touched us all. All right. And now it's like, you know what I mean? As, as you know, I'm in the industry 10 years and I've yeah. seen people come in. I realize that even I am now someone who has to be the person giving advice. Right. Like I'm sure you are now to people like me. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you have to be able to reach down like that. So. Well, yeah. You know, I, I I still that's one of the crazy things, Tim. And I, it's it's that I I still hope, and I I kind of learned this from Zig as well. You know, through osmosis almost is that I don't think Zig spent a lot of time looking back. I think he still thought, you know, in his eighties that his best work was in front of him. And mm -hmm. and I 
the musician buddies that I have, you know, they, they don't talk about the hits that they've had in the past. They, Oh yeah, I can't wait for you to hear the next, you know, the next track, the next cut. And, and, um, I think all, I think that's one of the, a piece of advice that I always give speakers, regardless of where they are on the, on their journey is that you've got to believe your best works ahead of you. You got to believe that because that's what, that's what motivates you to continue to create content and to continue to work on how it's delivered. And, and not just from the platform, but through all of the ways that we're doing content delivery now, mm -hmm. uh, if you believe your best work is behind you, then you're not going to be the contributor that you have the ability to, to become. Yeah. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. So, um, so tell me though, Scott, let's, let's, let's get to know Scott a little bit <laughs> on my broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, tell me how you got started in this industry. Uh, I, I was so fortunate. I, I, uh, when I was a kid, I worked at a little radio station uh, in Indiana. I grew up in Southern Indiana, just north of Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, it was WMPI Radio, literally Wimpy Radio. <laughs> we, were, we were in a house trailer uh, underneath a uh, underneath the tower in the middle of a cow pasture, so it was not hardly glamorous uh, glamorous communication. But uh, communicating was always really interesting to me. Uh, it, it was something that I always been fascinated by for some reason. My dad was um, a, a well-known weekend musician in our part of the world. And so I, I would see my dad on stage as he would sing. And I would also, you know, I one of my earliest memories is sitting in a folding chair on the side of the stage, watching not only my dad in the spotlight, but watching how the people in the audience were responding to him. And um, I, 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 I'm certain that had something to do with it, but I, I got involved in a student organization, FFA at that time was Future Farmers of America. Now it's only stands for FFA, but uh, I, I got involved in the speaking competitions and I was fortunate enough after my high school graduation to be elected state president in Indiana, then a national officer the next year, which meant I stayed out of college for two years doing nothing but traveling and speaking to youth groups, farm groups, civic groups, I literally gave a thousand free speeches over those two years in FFA because your average day, you know, is doing a couple service clubs, a couple of high school assemblies and an evening banquet. And you just do that constantly for two years. And um, at one of those events, uh, a speaker named Grady Nutt, uh, who unfortunately passed away uh, several years ago, but he heard me speak and, and just like Zig did with you, Grady said, you ought to be doing this for a living. And I literally do what for a living? What are you talking about? And uh, the most important thing then is how he followed up and said, well, I'll help. Mm -hmm. And that, that changed everything for me. Grady lived in Louisville, which was not far from where my home farm was. Mm -hmm. And um, as, as his career ascended and he started making more in terms of fee, uh, he, people, groups that couldn't afford him, he'd say, hey, I, got, I got this young guy just getting started. You know, he, he's really good. I'll vouch for him. Why don't you go? So I was doing, you know, little banquets for 150 bucks all over Southern Indiana and Kentucky. And then that branched into, you know, Illinois. In those days it was very regional, but mm -hmm. then your region kept expanding as, as word of mouth kept traveling. So that's uh, it's, it, I've, I've taken some detours to get involved, uh, worked for my alma mater for, for a couple of years. I, I got involved in, in radio television. Uh, I've had some, you know, kind of side gigs or detours along the way, but this is, from from the time I was in college has always been my passion, and and, and you've got the voice for. It. I mean, come on, you your voice, you know it's you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, the the crazy thing is, uh, 
when I was 14, my, my first day on radio was my 14th birthday. Uh-huh. And as we know, as guys, that's about the time your voice is changing. So I have these horrible tapes of me doing play-by-play basketball going, there's the shot. It's good. <laughs> oh, I was so horrible. I was so terrible. But I, I think, I think because I had headphones on my ears, you know, five hours a day, every day through high school, Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to drive my voice down so I would sound more adult. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, without even knowing it, kind of trained my voice. My dad had a great singing voice. Mm-hmm. I can't sing, but I always try. I wanted to sound, you know, when when you're a kid and you're on the radio, you want to sound like an adult, you know. So I practiced all it. And I, I don't know. It's just it's 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 a gift from God, and right. and I'm grateful for it. But but you know, I can have a two edged sword, Tim. Interestingly enough, um, my first time I get speech coaching. I went to the late, great Ron Arden, who was a British Shakespearean actor and yeah. was just one of the leading speech coaches of, of, of the time. And uh, one of the things that he picked up on right away that I, I did not catch was that every time I got to a point that was important in the speech, I would raise my voice or I would talk up here. Or I would, because I, psychologically, I wanted people to hear the content and, and not my voice. Because wow. I would have people come up after a speech and shake my hand and go, man, I don't remember anything you said, but man, you, yeah, I love your, how, how you sound. You know, and I, you know, I almost became desperate in hoping that people would listen to what I was saying, not just how it mm-hmm. sounded. And through uh, Ron's coaching and help, uh, it, it really taught me to use the instrument, not to, to try to push it, push it aside. Yeah. And, and, and it's great when we have gifts and those people who actually get the coaching to develop that gift. So many people oh, don't so do that. And you did. I mean, and, and it's great, but you were like, okay, wh- what can I do to make it greater? Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's why I'm such a proponent of coaching today mm-hmm. is because I know what coaching brought to my career and to my life and how it helped it and improved it. And, you know, it, it's it's so amazing. We We often use sports as an analogy in business situations. You know, we want to talk about going for the gold or, you know, pushing, uh, scoring, you know, playing defense or, you know, good or whatever it might be. But yet we often don't remember that, you know, Michael Jordan still had a coach for every game he played, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we don't apply that principle enough in business to get help in creating content or to get help in delivering that content or whatever it might be. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm such a huge proponent of that. And, and to this day, you know, subscribe to that and get coaching and and try to improve. Mm, cool. So let's let's uh, uh, switch a little bit. I mean, I, I you said that you lived around the Louisville, Kentucky area. All right. So yeah. you, are you a Papa John's pizza fan? I'm just curious. Oh my gosh, my my I, I lost my first wife to cancer, but my late wife oh, yeah. was yeah. John's babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother-in-law was a school classmate of his. Uh, my my father-in-law uh, was best buddies with John's father. Mm-hmm. who owned the tavern and he remembers John selling his Camaro to put a pizza oven in the closet. Uh, and, and we used to get pizza at the tavern before it was even Papa John's. Yeah. <laughs> so, and by the way, that's where, that's kind of where the name came from is John. Uh, it, why, why was it Papa John when he started it so earlier? Because dad owned the tavern where the place started. So it was kind of Papa and John, Yeah, you know, became that. I'm, I'm sure you know that story, but it's uh uh, although John has certainly had his share of challenges and troubles, uh, his own recently, making, yeah. yeah, but it's still, it's, it doesn't diminish the fact that it's a, it's an amazing uh, business success story that has, has generated a lot of, a lot of successful entrepreneurs. 
it's and it's um it's it's one of the highlights of my blog was I did a series on my blog when I was trying to figure out what I was doing of entrepreneurs yeah. I want to meet and I wrote one about John uh, Schneider why, and how he did the Camaro right yeah. someone in the office found the blog wow and I'm like I'm sitting at home talking to my web designer on a computer chat. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and I look at it, and I go to, to my web designer. I don't know anybody from Kentucky. Yeah. And it was him leaving a voicemail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're kidding me. No. Holy like, God. And I tell people, create content. You never know what you – when you ask, you never know what you're going to get. You never know. You know, it's, it, my wife always used to tell the story that uh, when she was, she was driving him to the pool one summer, and it's yeah. uh, her brother and John and another friend in the back seat. So, you know, being the – Beautiful babysitter. She says, so, so guys, uh, what, what do you want to be when you, when you grow up? And, you know, uh, her brother, my brother-in-law wanted to be a fireman or a policeman or somebody. And the other one wanted to be a baseball player. And, and John said, I want to be president. She said, in the United States, he said of anything. <laughs> so, so even then, you know, he had, had his goals on, on the top. But I, I always thought that was kind of an interesting and somewhat illuminating Mm -hmm. a story about uh, his his success. Yeah, it's just I, it, when you said that, you know, I mean, where you're from, I'm like, oh, I got to tap that in to see. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, it's like we never know who we know until we start oh, talking. Tim, I was so fortunate. Where I grew up, Crothersville, Indiana is is my hometown. Uh, I have a I have a scrapbook, you know, when I went to, to from my high school mm -hmm. and um, there's a ticket in the scrapbook and it it wouldn't mean anything to anybody because it says Crothersville versus Springs Valley was the basketball game and crepe soul plays the dance after the game. But what's, what makes it amazing is Springs Valley is the high school in French Lick, Indiana. Larry bird played in the ball game. The lead singer of crepe soul was a guy named John Mellencamp. <laughs> and so he played the dance. Wow. So here's this little school birds of the game. Mellon can't plays it. What would that ticket have been worth about 10 years later? You know, but yeah. I, I, where I grew up, you know, Mellon camp was the, the guy in the band that was playing everywhere. Bird was playing basketball in one place. Fuzzy Zeller was winning all the high school golf tournaments. David Letterman was doing the weekend weather on television. Jane Pauley, Diane Sawyer were all on local television at that time. It was just it, it, for that snapshot, that moment in time, you know, as a kid watching all these folks, they're older than I, but watching them all, you know, what they were doing. It was just just amazing because it made me kind of think that no matter where you're from, uh, you can make some great things happen in your life. Yes, yes, and, and I, I tell stories. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I tell stories about all the success that come out of Pennsylvania all the time. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and for me, one of my greatest things that I wanted to do in life was a weird, you know, what if speaking. I said I wanted to speak in the town I grew up in. Wow. And it was Scranton, Pennsylvania. And literally in 2016, I got invited to speak at a blog con up there. I drove all the way up, no stayed way. at my cousin Cindy's house. And they're like, yeah. you know, do you want us to pay for a hotel? I'm like, no, I'm staying with family while I'm here. Heck yeah. That's so great. And no, I wasn't paid. I didn't care. I achieved my goal. Absolutely. That's all I wanted. You know what I mean? We, and you know, we go, and I remember because my cousin, sent me the picture of them advertising the conference and it being advertised on the TV station that I watched the weather on as a kid. Oh my God. Isn't that great? I mean, yeah. that is so great. It's, yeah. it's, it, and I think it's important that we tell those stories. Don't you Tim? Because, yeah. you know, again, just like when you, what you said about content that that got into John Schneider's hand, yeah. just like your story there. I mean, 
you never know what kid in Scranton is going to see this. You or you never know what 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 kid in you know Southern Indiana is going to see it. So we we need to be telling these stories because uh, that those those stories generate. There's a speaker named Andy Andrews that does this incredible story um, about you know what happened when what happened when. And, and really, it starts with uh, this young person that inspires Norman Borlaug, who mm-hmm. won the Nobel Prize, you know, for creating, who was inspired by, who was inspired by, and he takes it back to this farmer in Kansas that finds a black baby who's been abandoned in the field and takes him in, and, and that was Booker T. Washington. Wow. And it is yeah. so compelling because then Booker T. inspires, and, and it just, uh, just, it's just amazing how it, you know, the, the, the impact that we can have on each other in, and one of the cool things is sometimes we don't even know it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't think anybody, you know, we, we, we've been talking about Zig. I don't think Zig uh, in a moment of his life walked around and said, aren't I a great example? Follow my example. No, nope. but that humility is what made his example so powerful. Yep. And, and you know what I mean? And you and I don't know, uh, and I, you, you probably have, it. I've had it too, where, where I said something on a podcast or said something at an event and then you, you're walking through another event and someone walks up to you and goes, you know, Scott, it was that one thing you said at so-and-so's yeah. event two years ago that inspired me to do, to do this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the greatest. And yeah. you know, I, I think one of the strange things that's going to come out of, the whole pandemic and the whole isolation phase uh, that that has has happened. Uh, I wonder how many parents twenty years from now are going to hear from a son or daughter. Do you remember when we played the board game, or do you remember when we put that puzzle together? Do you remember when we had this talk? Mm-hmm. So, what has happened in in terms of the pandemic? Uh, you know, there, it's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. But I think there are going to be some pretty amazing things in terms of family relationships and parental relationships and and even business and customer relationships that are going to happen because this is the point that we're going to see who's who's out there that really cares about us and uh, who was out there talking the talk simply because times were good. Yeah, and 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 truthfully, Scott, in that exact thing, all right, in my own home, my my wife and I, we live in a small condo, right? That we just that's that's our life we chose. My wife's having to work from home and we have a tall ceiling that comes up from the living room. And if she gets on a call downstairs, it echoes up and I echo down. But you know, this is one of the greatest things about it is we've never in 10 years of being together, we've never worked this close to each other and we are, and we're not pulling each other's throat out. Like some people are going, I can't stand being inside. We're not, we're, we're loving it. We talk in between each one of our calls and and I've never had this. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally get it. And, and you know, I mean, it, I've, I've been joking with Tammy, my wife, that, you know, she, there have been times that, you know, that I've, I've been so blessed and so fortunate to be busy. But we, there have been times we say, gosh, I, I just wish, you know, it would slow down. I'd have some time at home. Well, be careful what you want. You just make it, you know, so, but you, are having you it, who ask for time. a permanent weekend. Okay. How do you like it now? <laughs> Uh, it's just um it's just funny things that we say so uh wow all right so jeffrey wolf he was on my last one here and just made that comment yeah so i didn't mean to steal andy's story uh there but it uh, you know it's just such a powerful reminder of 
you know, somebody inspires somebody that inspires. And, and the Kansas farmer had no idea that the, the end of the chain, so to speak, and the end of the story is the person that saves a billion lives through his discovery. Yeah. He was just yeah. doing the right thing at that particular time and being an example. So, and, and, you know, that that's exactly what I think we knew. We all need to do is all of us need to be the right example. And I notice, I mean, I've seen you on another broadcast to make me go, hey, I got to reach out to Scott and see if he'll oh, come nice. on my podcast. Because I've seen you, we've seen Glenn Moore showers on the other one as well. I know Glenn as well. Um, but many people, um, I, I've seen John Bon Jovi doing live streams, talking to people. I've seen uh, Stephen Vaughn doing live streams, talking to people. Why? They're like, well, just because I'm famous doesn't mean I can't step down and help people right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's it. It's what you, exactly what you're doing. And we don't know where it's going to go 20 years from now, what's going to come out of this. And, you know, one of the things, it, uh, Howard Stern recently did an interview with Tom Brady, and it was kind of Tom Brady's first, you know, big interview. And uh, there was something that he said that I thought was just so revealing, and that was that his wife, Giselle, had written him a letter saying, uh, everything's working for you, but it's not working for us. Mm. You know, when you play football, we're, we, we expect that you're going to be concentrating on football, but then football season ends, and you concentrate on your other business interests, not your kids and not your family. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've got to get this together. And I thought, you know, first of all, how powerful the, that they communicate like that. But, uh, the, the other side of it too, is that, you know, that's, that's a conversation that can happen in any family. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes these people get to this level and certainly the, the lifestyle that they lead is more glamorous and the, the financial remuneration is certainly much more significant. But those same communication problems are, are are there. So everybody needs our help. I just saw that Eric Swanson said hello. Yeah. He's yeah. What, a, what a great guy. He was, he, uh, he's somebody else who's just out there yeah. doing his thing to help people right now. You know, he's Absolutely. great, great people. We, we, and you see, we have, we, we have surrounded ourselves with some great people. <laughs> yeah. You know, the old Jim Rohn thing, the yeah. people we surround ourselves. So Absolutely. I, I, I got to ask this, though. I mean, I'm just curious because – uh, you know, radio, all right, and we've listened to things. And we're talking stories. Curious, uh, Paul Harvey. You listen to Paul Harvey? Yeah, I, I did. In fact, I have even uh, was even in the audience. Uh, the, if you remember a few years back during the Super Bowl, they ran the commercial, uh, of, and it was just a Paul Harvey, just a straight Paul Harvey talk about yeah. the farmer. Yeah. And I was in the audience when he did that live uh, at, at, at the National FFA Convention. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Harvey, golly, what a, what an incredible uh, communicator! Talk about a distinctive voice, mm -hmm. but also the rhythm at which he spoke. Uh, not not only on his you know news thing at noon, but the, the rest of the story. What yes. man? Oh man! What what a what a great storyteller! Yeah, and you know who's doing it now? Similar, same idea, but similar is um, the guy who did Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe. You listen to oh, any Mike wow. Rowe stuff? I did not know that. Oh. Yeah, he's doing he's doing a couple podcasts. I mean, one of them is doing one show on like returning the favor, but he's doing a podcast on on very similar to Paul Harvey's talking about wow. story. And it's just same thing. It's like it's got me glued because again, you know, Mike Rowe is just a storyteller. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's it. Absolutely. So I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh -huh. that's so cool. That was a sidetrack. I didn't plan on going, but when you started talking, oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and, and there's the thing is, isn't it interesting? Uh, through yeah, uh, Paul Harvey's cadence was insanely cool. It just, it just, it was, it was like uh, he, he, he was, he was proof. One of the things I learned early in speaking, 
mm-hmm. because when, when I first started speaking, you know, a lot of times I, you know, I was 20 years old speaking to an audience of, you know, 50 year olds. And so I thought, well, I, I don't know as much as they do, but I can be more enthusiastic. So I'd start up here and I'd try to keep the speech at a, you know, and keep everybody and, and you can't do that. And, and somebody once said, listen to Paul Harvey. And, and if you notice, he would take you on these peaks and valleys and then he would speed up and then he would, uh, and I, I learned that, that a good speech has the peaks and valleys. Now the peaks should be ascending, right? Yeah. So when you get to the end, that's, that's your highest peak, but you can't keep an audience at that high level over an extended period of time. And, and, and it, listening to Paul Harvey uh, was a great, great teacher of that. And, and, and I'm, I'm learning still, still learning to do that in my speeches. Cause I come out with a high energy. This is the, like people who see me speak and then get on here. They're like, it's two different people. No, <laughs> uh, it's not because my speech, I do a serious end to my speech where I calm down and I do the audience and because it's something, it's my mission in life and I share it every speech I do. All right. And I, I noticed that with you sharing, you know what I mean? The, uh, when you go up and down with that, all right, using that same example, your message, distinction, iconic is the book. I mean, you've got that down. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, it's, I mentioned earlier that, that I lost my first wife to cancer and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I had been speaking, but I, I was a generic, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I was the guy that was like, um, uh, you know, if, if you wanted somebody to speak on in, I was the per, you know, stress management. Sure. I'll figure something out. Yeah. Goal set. Sure. And I wasn't known for anything. And, and after she passed, you know, I had seven figures of, of medical and tax debt. And I had, I, I, my life was a, you know, and I, 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 it's a mess. And I, I had to be your caregiver. And, and I thought I, I have to figure this out. I have to rebuild this business. And, so I called, you know, it's one of the things I, I told people they should do. Gee, follow your own advice. What a, mm-hmm. <laughs> what a unique concept, you know? And, yeah. and uh, so I, I called speakers bureaus and I said, when you recommend me to your clients, mm-hmm. what do you say? And the number one thing, because the brand is what people say about you right yeah. around. That's the, your brand is that that's what it is. What people say about you when you're not there, that's, that's what your brand is. And they said a good speaker and a nice guy. Well, I want to be a good speaker. I work really hard to be a good speaker. And I, I choose to be, I think being a nice person is a choice. You know, it's a mm-hmm. conscious decision. Um, but nobody's going to book somebody because they're a good speaker and a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the president of Ford is not going to say for this year's kickoff sales meeting, we need a nice guy. Right. Yeah. So I, I had to create something. So I started looking at what did it take to stand out? And I didn't want to be differentiated because part of what I thought was if I slap every customer in the face, I'm different. Mm-hmm. Right? But it doesn't mean they'll continue to do business with me. So I really researched about what did it take to stand out in your respective field. And then it was just the blinding flash, the obvious. If my little business needed that to survive, what's the chances that there are other folks in the same boat? And, and that's where all of that came from was just trying to keep my head above water and, and just trying to learn the principles of, of creating distinction and was able to help others with that. Uh, then, then that's what really made the mark in my career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know you work with, with uh, Larry wing it uh, on a few things and um, I don't want that going public, but 
Having Larry, when I was doing the earlier days of my blog talk radio show, I had Larry on and I remember asking Larry, um, because he, he just gave me like this. He gave me free reign to ask him whatever I wanted. I love that about him. And he, I asked him, I said, so Larry, do you love what you do? Cause he looks like he loves what he does. And his first answer was no. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, I was shocked. Um, because he, he talked about his series of figuring out who he wanted to be. And it's kind of like you just explained that you were trying to figure it out because you had to create a business, you know, um, and and figuring out that how uh, becoming your best customer is almost, you know, you have to, number one, fix you before you yeah. fix the world. <laughs> it's so true. And I, I, I see, sadly, you know, I, I see so many speakers out there that that are, are speaking on the topics that they need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um and and I I I know that because I was one. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry is one of my closest friends. Larry has a, a a funny way of saying it. He he says that you know Scott and I always arrive at the same point. It's just we take very different paths to get there. You know I'm I'm more the positive. You know okay here's how we're going to get there. And Larry is what's all the crap that can go wrong and let's really be negative about it. But we we end up at the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, I've, I've had a lot of people who have said, gee, I, you know, you and Larry are very different. And I, I, th- I think that's why we've been, you know, just such great friends for such a long period of time and, and work together on projects and, and things like that. And I, 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 what, what I've, what I've learned from Larry and what I really respect so much about Larry is the whole thing about personal responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's not that we don't make mistakes. It's that we're willing to own them and, and move on from them and take responsibility for them and take responsibility for ourselves. And I, I, it's just, it's such a great message. As you know, I quote him in iconic, uh, about his line of, of do what you said you would do when you said you would do it. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get more simple than that, but yet we, it, it, it is so rare that it really is something that differentiates you in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I mean, I, I tell people I'm still learning my, yeah. my patterns. All right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I never wanted to be perfect. I want to keep going. Sure. Um, but I mean, like you said, when we were talking in the beginning, I mean, I got great wisdom from Zig. Um, and I'm finding out that this is a fluid thing. It is not a static, static thing. Was Zig said to me, you know what I mean? You got to be you. Um, and I, I want to, I mean, I remember t- after, after, Five years after Zig told me, Timmy, you should be a speaker. I finally decided to do it and saying to him, I said, you know what I mean? I said, well, I'm going to go get a haircut and get a suit and a tie. And, and he said, no, no, you got to be you. Yeah. All right. Have you, Scott, all right, found you to be a fluid you for the past many years? Well, I, I, I would hope so because learning and growth changes you. Mm-hmm. And if, if I had, if I said, I found myself and who I am is the same person I was 10 years ago, then to me, that also implies I haven't grown in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I am who I am right now. And I'm very comfortable in my skin right now. Uh, and, and what I bring to the marketplace and what I talk about is really what I live. And that, if, if I, if I were to make a list of the things that impressed me most about Zig, number one is he walked the talk. I mean, uh, that, that, that's far and away the number one thing that impressed impressed me about Zig. And, but, but I would also hope that that would change and evolve over the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if it doesn't, it means that I haven't learned and I haven't grown. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there, there, there certainly was a time I I mentioned that Grady nut 
uh, was a mentor of mine and I, I wanted to be Grady. I, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to sound like him. I wanted to uh, create material like he did. And one of the seminal moments of my life was when Grady took me to lunch and said, Scott, I appreciate how much you admire what I do. But if you're trying to be the next Grady nut, the best you can hope for is second place. Mm-hmm. Right? He said, I got a corner on the Grady nut market. Mm-hmm. But he said, you can be the best Scott McCain in the world. But yeah. you've got to figure out what that is and who that is and, and be that. Same and, thing Zig told me. So yeah. Same thing. It's like to the T what Zig told me. Yeah. Um, and I found it's been a, a fluid thing. Um, well, with what we're going through right now, Scott, and, and the fact that, you know what I mean, people help you get there. Sure. What are you doing right now specifically to go to the people who are following you, the people who are going, no, I'm Scott, Scott's fans. What are you doing to them right now to make sure they become their unique selves? Yeah, I, I, I want to bring messages to the marketplace. And I think there's a variety of ways to, to do that. One is during this time of crisis, I'm, I'm going on live every day and, and just trying to just trying to share with people. I, I don't think it serves us to only just say, man, things are going to be great. And we're going to come out of this and the world's going to be, I, I think we got to be honest about the challenges and struggles that we go through, but put an optimistic spin on it. And, and we are searching for connectivity during this time. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that. I went to a, a group of my best clients and I just said, look, um, you were there for me uh, to, to pick me for the meeting. I want to be there for you. Can, is there anything that I can do? No charge. I'm, I'm just here to help. I want to be of service to you just as you helped me when times were good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been doing some speech coaching online, uh, mm-hmm. just saying, okay, now's the time we need to be focusing on material and delivery. It's, it's an incredible time to practice your craft. Yeah. So I'm just trying to do all that I can, um, to, to be of service. I, I, I think it's important that during this time we continue to market what we do, mm-hmm. but I think we have to be very sensitive, not to be tone deaf ab- about the marketplace in which we're communicating. Mm-hmm. And I, I see some, you know, you, you mentioned Jim Rohn earlier and I, I, I mentioned this when I was on my, my thing I do live every day. Um, the, the story that Jim Rohn told about the farmer going to the field. And if the farmer brings his need to the field, the field does not respond. The field only responds when the farmer brings the seed to the field and plants it. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people marketing now and communicating now based upon their need and not upon their seed. Mm-hmm we don't need to be going to the market saying, Hey, what do you need? I've got everything you want. You know, you want to, what don't this want that What? I, I, I see some of us marketing our answers to customers and prospects that haven't even decided what the right question is. Oh, wow. That's big. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, things are in such a state of flux. They don't even know the right question. And so here we are in our marketing, trying to answer questions that they have yet to formulate. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what we have to do is that, that our marketing now is more of we can help you and guide you to create to, to understand and to create the right questions, and together we'll come up with the right answers, mm-hmm. as opposed to buy my answer, which typically revolves around something I want you to buy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and and I, I think I think we have to continue to take our messages to the marketplace. Mm. But I, I see a lot of tone deaf messages out there 
that, that we really need to be concerned about because I also think that that people will long remember how we communicate with them during this time. Mm -hmm. and, because, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I don't know. Go ahead. Continue. No, yeah. Because it's such a sensitive time and our emotions are so raw. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's just like I, my wife and I can have a conversation and, you know, three months later, I won't remember what that conversation is about. But if it's a moment of anger or a moment of joy, I can remember almost every word that's said. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something that, that that's heightened in these times of, of, of change and stress and differentiation. And, and so, uh, you know, our, our, our employees are going to remember, uh, you know, now is the time. If you've, if, for those that are watching, I have small business. If you've said, Hey, we're all a family. Now's the time your employees are going to remember. Did, did you treat them like family or did you treat them like an expense? Yeah. Well, how, how did you treat them? Uh, you're not going to call up your sister and say, you know, I got to let you go. I just got too many family. <laughs> yeah. Now, I understand financially we may need to make adjustments, but that doesn't govern how you treat people. And, yeah. and I think we're going to be real careful about that. And, and you know, and, and where I was going to go with that was, you know, it's, it's, I did some of the similar things you, you said, offering to all your clients. I went to all of my clients, you know, all my coaching clients, and they got an extension on their, their contract without having to pay for it. Fabulous. And like, People went, why? And immediately, uh, as this thing laid out, an email went out saying, I'm the creative thinker. If you need creative thinking, no, my phone's open for you. Call. You know what I mean? And that's what we do in times like this. Yeah. All right. And exactly what you said. You do this in times like this and you you go out to doing uh, doing the best to help them with the needs. But you brought up and you and I were discussing this just before we came on air today. I'm, I'm a content creator. It's what I teach content right. creation. We talk about you need to be consistent and still keep doing what you're doing. But I mean, I teach three parts. And the last part of that, and, uh, you know, without going into everything I teach, the last part of it is, yes, you still need to be making offers. And people are going, oh, no, you need to be free. And I'm like, but Burger King is still selling to me on the TV. But the difference is, is they're showing me value before yes. they make the offer. So many are jumping into create content and making offers without giving the value, and I think that's where you were going with that. I'm like, absolutely, I, I totally agree with that, Tim. I, if if I charge, you know, pick the number. If I charge twenty five dollars to give a speech, mm -hmm. and my clients have been paying that for years, and now all of a sudden times are tough, and I'm calling saying, "Hey, it's free now." How do I go back to twenty five dollars when this turns around? Yeah, and what do they feel about their investment of twenty five dollars? previously. Yeah. And, and I, I think we have to mean, I, I think we have to be of service. And that's why I was saying that to my existing clients yeah. is that, Hey, you've been here for me. Now let me do something for you. Yeah. Um, uh, as part of our relationship, because look, at the end of the day, part of what I realize is, you know, it's not just totally altruism. They're going to remember who was there to help them and who wasn't. Uh, but I would never go to the general marketplace right now and, and say, Hey, we got a sale. <laughs> you know, I just don't, I, I don't think that's a reasonable uh, position right now. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. It is not, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Um, but then on the flip side of that, I see everybody, like we were talking about earlier, being true to your message changing their message. And like, you know, one person made it on a Facebook meme or something said, you know, last month they were constitution experts. And the month before that they were, you know, they were this, now all of a sudden they're 
pandemic experts. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you seen the one? I, I, my favorite one is uh, uh, it's it's the BBC, right? There's this yeah. silver-haired, you know, the, the central casting's version of an anchor, mm-hmm. and it's the BBC set of news. And he says, we'll be right back after the break with pandemic expert Mary from Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because, you know, oh, my. It's just, and there also has to be the point, and I'm learning this from my pal Larry that we were talking about earlier. You know, there's also got to be a point you don't feed the trolls. You know, you've got to walk away from it. You cannot let it consume you. And it's so easy during this time. To, to, to see all this stuff that's on social media and all this stuff. And, 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 you know, I just kind of just thought I, if Dr. Fossey says it, I'm going to do it. And if he doesn't say it, you know, then I'm not going to pay attention to anybody else. You just gotta, you gotta limit your number of inputs. You do. Um, and, and I did a whole broadcast at, at the beginning of this, you know what I mean? I think I called it something like, you know, my predictions or whatever, sure. but the whole thing was, is I get my advice from the CDC and the World Health Organization. That's where I go to for my advice on this. I'm not going to talk to you because you're a, a health self-proclaimed health guru who's got a vitamin that you want to pitch this week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, I, and see, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I think we have, uh, because there are so many messages thrown at us today mm-hmm. that we have lost a bit of our discretion about who and what we believe and we also kind of have, some of us at any rate, have lost that feeling of, you know, why are they doing this? And, and as you say, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating to me that, you know, a lot of times these, you know, keep your immune system up and that's one of the ways to fight it. And it probably is, right? But then the next thing is, and that's why you need this line of vitamins that I have or these yeah. supplements. Or what, and I'm not, I'm not complaining about the supplement industry, but what I, what I am saying is, we, we've got to have some discretion and, and look beyond the first message uh, about this. Yeah. And, and I, and I shared with, with my, my mastermind last night on our call of, I had a gentleman reach out to me recently that I've known for years. And every time he makes a phone call to me, um, it's, you know what I mean? So how you doing? Yeah. And, and how's Gwen? And so the reason I'm calling yeah. <laughs> is, you know what I mean? It's like, Two sentences to ask me how I'm doing, how my wife's doing. Checklist. Check about, okay, great. Let me make the sale <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, and you know, what I mean, having you on, I mean, like again, distinctive the distinction. All right, your 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 thing's called Distinction University. Am I correct? You know, yeah, Distinction Institute. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. yeah. How are you distinctive in this? All right, because if you were distinctive in everything that you've ever done to connect with me on, I would be open to listening to your sales pitches more often. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, to piggyback on that, Tim, and I, I think you're really onto something important here is that it, it's interesting to me, you, you mentioned about people who change their message. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is, this is, you know, I, I had a group of realtors say uh, uh, back in 2008, 2009, you know, a recession isn't a bad thing. And I, I was like, I could and they said, well, for our industry, it weeds out the, the, the pretenders from the players. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think part of what we'll see here is that if, if your approach to business and your philosophy about leadership and, and, and organizationals, you know, how they treat customers and everything else, it, that philosophy should work through a challenging time as well as boom times. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's fascinating to see how many stay with their core message and how many are scrambling to try to create something that's hot, a hot topic because of this time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to follow the folks who have consistent messaging mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, I'm looking for core values and core philosophies that will stand the test of time and will stand the test of tribulations uh, that, that, that we're going through. And, and, and many people uh, are going to look now to think they're looking like, you know, you and I who have podcasts every day and they're looking well, well, if, if Tim and Scott can do that, I can do that. And they don't have that message down. They don't have a direction they want to go. Um, You know what I mean? Now's the time for the, yes, to start, but you know what I mean? What is it that you would advise to them to go, Hey, do this to make sure. Uh, Great question. And and I think it's getting your core message absolutely down. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're not solid in terms of what you believe, and if you're, you're not precise about the messaging that you want to bring to the marketplace, how in the world can you be a trusted advisor to those you seek to influence? Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that is so important. I mean, um, and, and part of where I come from this is I, I've, I've been there where you're, you're trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out what your message is and you're trying to figure out how you can convey it best. Uh, and, and I see a lot of folks struggling with that now and they're trying to be all things to all people and, and no one is loyal to a generic. Yeah. You know, I, I may disagree with where you put your flag in the ground, but I will certainly respect that you put it there. Yeah. And, and th- these folks that are always chasing the hot topic or the hot trends or, 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 or the hot distribution method or the hot message, mm-hmm. um, man, I, I just think they're, they're the seed that they are bringing to the field is, is one that's going to get washed away. And, and, um, I, you know, I, Somebody said, what, what would you do during this time? And I said, you know, go back to any of my books and keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the principles in, in iconic that, that the book you were kind enough to mention earlier, I, I don't see anything wrong with, with what's in there as being a formula for what you can do to, to survive and, and, and get through these challenging times. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, you know, and then they're going to ask, all right. Uh, and I'm sure they've asked you, like they've asked me. Yeah. But, but, but starting with that core message, I mean, I can only get one or two listeners. Well, 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 well I want, I need more than that to survive. What's your answer to that? We all had one or two listeners at, at the first, you know? <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, we, we all, I mean, no one, I mean, take it out of this realm and think about broadcasting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, none of the network anchors is that their first job. Yeah. I mean, for most of them, uh, you know, I, I did a little work in television over, over the years and, and you know, it, 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 in my part of the world, there was a, there was kind of a specific routing. You'd start in Springfield, Missouri or Paducah or Evansville, mm-hmm. you know, and then you'd get to Louisville and then you'd get to Indianapolis. And from there you'd go to Chicago or New York or LA. Nobody started in Chicago, New York or LA. You had to pay your dues. And yeah, yeah. We, we have become, so, and I think that's part of when, when people have frustration about the current situation, it's because we've become so used to instant gratification. Yeah. You know, we, we want everything and we want it instantly. And we're used to getting an answer on the internet, just like that. And you can order something and Amazon puts it on your front porch tomorrow. And we are so used to instant gratification that the fact that we would start a podcast or we would start a, a, a video series, 
and, and only have one or two people watching, we just can't, we're, we want to start without how, our message. How, how, how are we not getting all these people to do it? You know, and, and, and Tim, you, you, you really nailed it there. I mean, it's, it's, we, you've, those one or two listeners, if, if what you bring is valuable, as, as weird as this sounds, it's like the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. The, the one or two listeners that you have, will, they'll each tell two people. And then those two people will get four people to listen to. And then, and, and it, it grows exponentially as long as you're, you're delivering something that the, it's the two R's it's repeat. Do they want to listen to the next thing that you do? Right. Mm-hmm. Will they continue to be listeners or viewers and refer? Is it so compelling they tell their friends, gosh, you've got to see this. I, I, years ago when I was on TV, I, I did entertainment reviews, movie reviews, and interviewed stars and stuff like that. And I asked James Cameron, you know, think this one director creates uh, uh, Titanic, right? And, and, then, and then creates Avatar. And at that time, those were the two biggest box office hits in the history of cinema. And I said, how do you do this? How, how do you, what's the key? Because those are two very different movies. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the key? And he said, you've got to create something so compelling that not only do they want to come back in the theater and have the theater experience a second time, but they say to a friend, I'm taking you with me. You've got to go. Mm-hmm. And so it is, rep- it, it, it's repeat referral business. And, and that's what, it, it, until you're, Getting that, you you can't expect your audience to grow. Yeah, and and it's funny because I used to li- I've listened to some of your reviews, not <laughs> oh, no, wait, 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 not knowing it was you at the time. You know oh I mean? yeah, like later uh, on in life, uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was a fluke. I I I I was given a speech, and there was a director doing a documentary about the group I was speaking to, and then he was making a, a movie, not a documentary. And he cast me in a, in a role in that movie. So I acted the movie and it made news in the Louisville area. And so they said, Hey, you want to, you know, tell us what you think about other movies? Well, yeah. <laughs> and I got really lucky and got syndicated. So I did it for a decade. It was the greatest side hustle in the world, you know, to get to interview celebrities and see movies and, and all of that. But it, but it taught me the value. If you think about it, that's why my first book was all business is show business. Yeah. If you think about the what Hollywood gets right is emotional connectivity. We care about the characters. Yeah. We care about what happens to them. That's what great business communication does. It 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 gets customers and prospects to care about us in an emotionally connected way mm-hmm. because nobody's going to refer something that they don't feel emotionally connected to. Yeah. And and that's, you know, you talked about how you end your speech with a powerful you know, close. I mean, that's, that's essential because it emotionally engages the audience. And when there's that emotional connectivity, they, they tell their friend, man, you got to hear this guy. You got to hear this guy. It's just, that's when we become successful at what we do. Yeah. And, and, and you remember, I mean, we think about the the book that we probably all talk about uh, most is all right is, is, um, oh my God. And my, and it just, (laughs) <laughs> just went out of my mind. I'm glad it to somebody else, Tim. I have that happen all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, from the from the the, the 30s uh, that we all quote for the mastermind. Oh gosh, what is his name? Um, oh, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, we all quote Napoleon Hill's book. All right, and all right, yeah. and how? But when Napoleon Hill wrote that, all right, <laughs> you know, he wrote it to a handful of people. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, Coca-Cola, the first year distributed how many bottles, all right? It's like there's yeah. – we don't get how that is. I mean, do you remember who who listened to your first podcast? Uh, other than my wife, <laughs> no. I, I think mine was my mom, my yeah. cousin Cindy. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it was it was friends and family. You know, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was it. I mean – and they've seen every mistake we've made all along the way, and they still listen. <laughs> anyway. It's so true. Yeah. Scott, this has been a load of fun today. I'm just going to say. Oh, I mean, oh, man, I'm having a blast. Thank you for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. It's really great talking. I want to make sure that at least my listeners can know how to connect with you. So why don't we, we, we mention your website real quick and uh, bring it up there on screen so they can see it. So uh, Scott McCain, it's, uh, you know, your last name spelled M-C-K-A-I-N, correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Hey, Tim, let me me throw an extra one in there for you. We have one called distinctionnation.com. Yeah. And there are free resources there on creating distinction. It's just a way to connect. And if if any of the folks watching right now would like to... uh, uh, there's a free ebook they can download. There's a free 14-day audio program on on creating personal distinction. It's all there for them for free. Nothing on there for you to buy. Yeah. And it's it's just a way to communicate and and to establish and continue communication with with folks like that. So uh, scottmccain.com tells you all about me and the speaking and the podcast. Links you to the podcast and blog and and all that. And uh, Distinction Nation has some free resources for you. No. Oh. Well. Scott, as I said, this has been fun, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've got to go eat lunch. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> but, Are we going to play this or that? I mean, that's the way you end your... Uh, wait a minute. No, I've got like, I got to oh. finish this up with a game I have. You've heard about my game, say, huh? I, I've been looking forward to that, Tim. I know <laughs> that's that's the legendary way that you, uh, you do these, yeah. man. Everybody knows about my game, apparently. <laughs> So, Scott, I, I have this game. It's called This or That. I have maybe about seven or eight questions that I kind of, some of them I think I tweak towards you, and some of them may be like, Tim, why are you asking me that? Um, but I have some wing dingers in there. So cool. let me start out with this one here. It's a classic I like to ask. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars for me. Star Wars, yeah. The, the, the original series or the, the, the second round of trilogy? Uh, you know, probably... Uh, probably the original mm-hmm. uh, simply because that's that set the table for everything that follows yeah yeah it, it was to me it is and i always got to watch that before i go watch the second trilogy yeah, right right yeah. exactly so this next one here relates to another movie which i'm sure i know the answer but i'm gonna ask anyway red pill or blue pill Ooh, do you remember the movie first of all what is that from now i'm like i'm like you with the book i Matrix, red pill, oh, of course. Oh, the hard yes. truth, and the blue pill is I want to, you know, just let me mellow out and make me ignorant. No, uh, you know, the funny thing is, because you mentioned Star Wars, I was thinking back in the, you know, uh, the 70s, 80s genres, and, and that's, I, I was, I was uh, oh gosh, it's been yeah. so long since I've seen the Matrix. Yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. and the idea behind it was the red pill, you wake up with the harsh truth and the yeah. blue pill was, hey, you know, just dismiss me back into a, uh, a blissful uh, ignorance. So I would red pill. Yeah. I, most of the people I'm interviewing are red pill people. They want I would truth, bet. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I would so, bet. This one here, I think is kind of, kind of cl- closely related to you and maybe we'll go in depth on answering it, but Jim Beam or Jack Daniels? 
<laughs> None of the above. <laughs> probably. Uh, uh, Jack Daniels, probably for me. Uh, but yeah, there you go. There Gentleman you go. Jack. Man. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's good stuff. Uh, but, but, but this is the other stuff I keep up here, Scott. Ooh. Uh, you know, Tim Smith's Moonshine. You know, I have not. I've seen that on the shelves. I have not had it. My buddy... Jones, I don't know if you know Phil or not. He is a speaker that wrote uh, exactly what to say. And uh, Phil commissioned his own bourbon Ooh. for his friends. Yeah. And I, you know, I've got to tell you to me, and I thought, gosh, I like Phil so much. I hope this isn't horrible. It is really good. So uh, I'm, I'm so envious of somebody that has their own bourbon. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. The even better that I got was it's a Canadian whiskey, but it's Wayne Gretzky's. I got it when oh, I was at my wow. buddy's house, uh, Craig Dustwalt in California. And Craig, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's like, let me, let me, let me share something with you. And it's not available in Texas, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. It is good. some great yeah. Texas bourbon. So, so yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to, uh, we're, we're starting now to, we're going on out to do some tours of some of the places that we can drive to and go tour the yeah. distillery and stuff. So, yeah. But, when, yeah. when I was born, my dad was a truck driver hauling brick to build a distillery yeah. <laughs> in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So my, my wife, because I'm into watching the show Moonshiners, my wife was going to buy me a still for uh, for Christmas, and I said, "We uh, we live in an 1,100 square foot condo. I I don't think that's, that's a wise idea." <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on here. Spring or fall? Oh, spring, uh, yeah. uh, falls in it and fall in Indiana is gorgeous. It's beautiful where I'm from. I'm in the hills of Southern Indiana, but, but spring to me is always the season of renewal and rebirth and regrowth. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into, to reinvention and, and renewal. Do, do you feel we are involved in, 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 what we're in our crisis right now in the world? Uh, do you feel we're in spring or fall right now? I think we're in winter right now. You think? Uh, yeah, I, I really do. I, I think we are in a winter right now. And and the thing that we have to remember during this time, you know, as Jim Rohn, as we've talked about earlier, always said is, you know, after every winter, there is a spring. Yes. Yeah. And it happens without fail. And we cannot continue to be thinking winter when we know a spring is around the corner. And, and so I, I, I think right now that we are in a, in, in a winter but I think a spring awaits. And I think that's where we have to be focusing and thinking and preparing for. Cool. So my next one is a food choice, hamburger or taco. A uh, hamburger. Uh, <laughs> I will gladly pay you on Tuesday. We'll be radio. See this whole thing. It all comes back. Right? <laughs> I got, I got asked, uh, I was on a podcast with actor Dean Kane and he asked me a question. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite food? And like I, I, I really meant to say hamburger, but for some reason or another, I went. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting at a desk with Dean Kane. All right, oh yeah, cool you lose that? your thoughts, right? Yeah. And I went Italian food. I mean, I was like, no, I went no hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a sucker for a great burger, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. you know, who's, who's your, who's your favorite place to get a burger? What's your favorite burger? Oh restaurant? gosh, you know, uh, uh, my buddy Scott Stratton and I battle on this all the time between Shake Shack and In and Out. Um, I love in and out, but I love smash burgers. Got to be my favorite, right? You now. know, I've only been there once and I, I need to go back. I, I need to do some in-depth research and going through the drive through maybe something I can still do during social distancing here. So I had it, we had it delivered with, with uh, DoorDash. Last oh week. gosh, what a great idea. Oh. Yeah. Um, 
So next one I've got here is, uh, do you like to read a book or would you rather listen to the audio book? It's kind of a toss up, but I, I think I would rather read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I, I, I love, I, I like getting lost in language. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. And, and the, for some reason, when the, when the book is there, I can go back and I can look at the turn of a phrase and, and just the expression that the writer I know has labored over to get exactly right. And, and it lets me savor the content uh, a little more deeply. Uh, I, I'm probably consuming more via audio than I, than I do with reading. But when it comes to something really important, uh, I, I, I really like seeing the language on the page. Yeah. See, I'll watch the movie, but my wife will tell me, well, I read the book and she literally reads the book before she sees the book. I watch. Yeah, you know, and isn't it interesting how they are, they are different mediums, yes. you know, they're, they are different and, and how different, uh, a movie can be successful and, 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 and stray from the book a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or it can execute the book perfectly, but the it's, it's different. I mean, it's the same thing as when you see a, a play that's turned into a movie that, that some of them just aren't success cats, you know, just not successful at all. Yeah. Um, and others, a few good men make it even better. Yeah. I, I saw, uh, I saw, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I, I was speaking in New York city mm-hmm. and I had a Monday speech in New York city and it's Sunday. So I'm just out taking a walk and there's a sign on a theater, like three blocks from my hotel. And it says Al Pacino, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. So I go up and I say, is there a Sunday matinee? And there's this couple right in front of me and they're, you know, and they, they, they walk away and I, I go up and I go, well, I guess it's sold out. I was just here. He said, how many? I said, well, just me. He says, how's sixth row center sound for you? I've got one seat. <laughs> I bought this. I go and it's, you know, I go in and it's Al Pacino and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. But the classic scene with Alec Baldwin, where he comes in and says, coffee's for closers and, you know, and, and all, that that's not in the play. Mm. And I sat there waiting the whole time for it because I was exposed to the movie first, thinking the play would be the same. And it's, it's not in the play. Yeah. <laughs> I got walked out, you know, just, uh, so isn't it interesting that what we see first, we think is the definitive yes. version. Yeah. Whatever. If we see the movie first, we think it's the definitive version over the and, and vice versa. Which, which is why I think in terms of content creation, we have to be so careful to be original. Because if somebody steals our stuff, or if you inadvertently steal, the, the audience, the reader, the, the the group will naturally think wherever they read it first is the originator. And I and I do that, Scott. You probably don't know this, but if you ever see me speak, you'd know it is one of my props for being on stage when I speak and creating content is this <laughs> it still gets laughs till this day I used to cool. run a company with that thing <laughs> very cool all right uh so my last two here uh one of them here can create wars at this point in time if you have it toilet paper I, under or over oh my gosh uh, over <laughs> but but what what back in the days when i was on radio if if the audience wasn't involved. If I wasn't getting calls, that was the question that you could answer that you could ask that would make the phones explode. I mean, people would get more, more than even, you know, today we think that the red state blue state thing is a, no, if you want to get a violent argument, 
tell people that you think that your way is the only way they should be you know, putting toilet paper on the roll. And I, people get more, that's, that's a question that people go crazy over. That is so cool. Or, or down here in Texas in a piano bar, all right, you start getting an argument over, uh, you know, te- Texas versus Oklahoma uh, uh, colleges, and they'll fight the same way. <laughs> okay. Or sometimes in Texas between A&M and UT. You know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So another one, too. Very good. So uh, my last one here is kind of like get a little personal, but I love asking it just to make people blush, and that is boxers or briefs? <laughs> I, I wear the boxer briefs, you know, the... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm giving you a definite maybe there, right? <laughs> uh, hey, this has been a load of fun, Scott. All right. Uh, I, again, tell them the, the other website. We've got your main website up there, but make oh, sure I appreciate you that. That is the main website. But the other one where you can have free resources are available at distinctionnation.com. Yeah. So, uh, guys, it's it, this has been one of probably the most funnest hour I've had uh, this week. All right, and it's I, I, it's been a privilege getting to know you, Scott, on Same on camera, too. creating content, getting to know you. I love it, uh, <laughs> guys. Tim Gillette Show. Uh, we'll be back with another episode real soon. Bye, go visit Scott's site, and but please share this out with your friends and subscribe to our our, our podcast so that you can catch all of our episodes. I'm Tim Gillette. I'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs>